Far score and seven months ago, the Battle of Gainesville began. Who deserves the right to be the starting quarterback of the Florida Gators? Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson? Find out today on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Um, Apologies in case I sound a little more annoying than usual. Uh, Brother got a dog. I am allergic to said dog. And now sinus is just shot. Um, But, you know, today we're getting into the quarterback battle. Who deserves to be the starting quarterback? And the answer I'll tell you right now is Anthony Richardson. I'm going to go through Anthony Richardson's case and then Amory Jones's case. And first up with Anthony Richardson, like I told you, I'd rewatch the Gators season to form this opinion. And here we are. Uh, Anthony Richardson should undeniably be the starting quarterback of the Florida Gators for the remainder of the season. That that's that's my take on it. I, I think that it's clearly I think it's clearly Anthony. I almost said Amory just I've been saying it for so long, but I think it's clearly Anthony Richardson. The reasons are that one, he's got a significantly higher ceiling. We know that. Like that's that's just something we know. Uh, he's got. I still think a lower floor. But, you know, despite all the pushback I've gotten of Anthony Richardson's floor is higher than Emory Jones's ceiling, yeah, you mind. But I'm I'm still not sold on his floor being as high as people like to think of it, simply due to how many bad plays we've seen from Anthony Richardson with such a small sample size. Like, I, I get it. We've seen a lot of bad plays from Emory Jones as well. That is also an undeniable fact. But when it comes down to it, Emory Jones has had, I think, 162 more dropbacks. And it's like, well, yeah, he's obviously going to have more bad plays. And Anthony Richardson hasn't had as many bad plays, but it's just it's a higher percentage of his plays are bad plays. The two picks against LSU were terrible. I get it. Throw it against the wind. Then don't make that throw if you can't make it against the wind. Week one. Uh, he was overthrowing backup receivers. And it's like, well, if he had Jacob Copeland, well, part of being a quarterback, be able to hit your receivers in stride. doesn't matter who your receiver is. Like, that that just makes no sense. That argument's completely moot. It makes no sense. And I, I get it. He, he's what we want. He's what Gators fans want. Anthony Richardson is that guy. He is freaky athletic. He's got a bazooka of an arm. His ceiling, limitless. And... He wears the same number that Tim Tebow wore, and he hurdles dudes. Like, come on. Like, like you got to love him. So, I, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm all in on Anthony Richardson now. That, that's where I'm at. I, I think a big part of it also is, for the most part, we know what Emory Jones is. We, we generally know when Emory Jones is starting quarterback what we're going to see from this offense, whether it's – play calling wise, or just what Emery's going to do for us. We know he's going to throw curls. We know that he's going to have a few plays where you're like, see, like if he can do this more consistently, he'd be fantastic, but he's not going to do it more consistently because we know what he is. Um, and it, it, it's just, 
even if you're happy with what Emory Jones has shown you on tape, which you shouldn't be, but even if you are happy with what he's shown you on tape, it's not winning games right now. That That's the biggest issue. The one win over the past three games is Vanderbilt. We lost to Kentucky, beat Vanderbilt, and then lost to LSU. And again, the LSU game was close, but and not when Emory was the quarterback. It was close when Anthony Richardson came in to be quarterback. That's when our offense started cooking. So as much as people may like Emory Jones, he's a fantastic leader. He's a fantastic teammate. He's always... You know, when, whenever Anthony Richardson would come in and make a big play, Emery's like the first guy to congratulate him. It, it, it's awesome to see their relationship. But fact of the matter, Emery, as much as people may like him, is not what's winning us games right now. And I get it. SEC championships gone. Playoffs gone. Like it's just, We're unranked at this point. Like it, it's bad. But, you know, this is not a lost season. Wins still matter. It's not like – pro football where you know you you have a terrible start and it's like well we might as well lose obviously franchises don't openly say that but fan base is like we might as well lose and get a better pick that doesn't happen in college football if you lose you keep losing you keep losing recruits then after that like that's that's why this season it's it might not be salvageable in a team success you know, uh, state of mind, but it's definitely salvageable for recruits, like which we'll we'll get into at the end of the show. But you know, the season's not a lost cause. And also, Anthony Richardson. One thing I love about him, we've spoken about it before. Everybody speaks about it because what we love seeing his bazooka of an arm. He is more willing to let it fly. I, Anthony I, Emory Jones still has a a pretty solid arm. Like he can get the ball downfield, not with a ton of velocity, but he can get the ball there. He's just not as willing to do so. I think that with Anthony Richardson, that's one thing that really sets him apart from Emory Jones is that he is looking to let it fly. Like I don't think Dan Mullen necessarily uh, calls a higher percentage of deep shots when Anthony Richardson's in the game compared to Emory Jones. I, I don't think that's the case. I do, however, think that Anthony Richardson is looking for that deep throw, whereas Emery is not. And again, Anthony Richardson has that luxury because he's been a rotational quarterback at this point where it's like, well, if I come in and I have a big play, that, that's great for me. I don't need to lead these long drives. When he is a starting quarterback, he will likely need to lead these long drives. And that's what I'd like to see, which he did a lot against LSU. I'm not taking that away from him at all. I like to see him do it more consistently and against a defense that's not half in the hospital with a plethora of injuries. But, you know, seeing Anthony Richardson, he likes to throw that deep ball, which is big for us because we haven't had that threat really. But I, I think that's what I'm really excited for when Anthony Richardson, if it's not Georgia week, which is this week, by the way, um, if it's not Georgia week in, you know, one or two more weeks, it's going to be Anthony Richardson's the starting quarterback of the Florida Gators. It, it, it's inevitable at this point. He's Thanos, you know, it, it, it's happening. And that's what I'm really looking forward to because Anthony Richardson doesn't care about your check down. Anthony Richardson wants to let that thing sing and he's going to do it. So I can't wait to see him do that now for Emory Jones's case. But first, all right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? You know I'm going to say this. If not, listen to more Locked On Gators. I hate you if you don't. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, 
college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the all-star players from Power 5 conferences like Emory, like <laughs> Emory Richardson, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones. Uh, you can even mix up you know, mid-majors like Toledo, like Bryce Mitchell, Brian Kovac, get them in there. You get mixed sport entries, which are very difficult to find elsewhere if you don't know. You can take the over on – I took LeBron blocks the other day, and I took the under on Steph Curry points. Guess which one I missed. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepix is daily fantasy made easy. Now we're looking at Emory Jones's case. First off, I think it's very easy to just say – experience he's been in Gainesville longer he's started more games obviously <laughs> he's been playing longer because he's been rotating in for a couple of years and then now he's a starter and you know he, he he's been there he's been more I don't want to say more reliable but he's, he's more experienced I'll say he's had better plays more consistently uh like watch watch the Bama game I know that's what I've been bringing up but it's against Bama. If you play well, I'm going to bring it up. It's as simple as that. But he had a rough start and then played very consistently for the huge majority of the game. But, you know, you look at Anthony Richardson, what he does, he has these massive bomb plays, and then he gets a little bit of pressure and throws a pick. It's a little bit of pressure, throws a pick. And that that's something that that's a genuine issue amongst our quarterbacks because – that's not what you'd like to do with, first of all, a pass-blocking offensive line that's not very good at it. A run-blocking offensive line is not very good at it either. That's irrelevant. I just wanted to take that shot at them a little bit. But uh, Anthony Richardson, you know, he he doesn't do well under pressure. Emory Jones, he does okay, but that's better than not doing well. So Anthony Richardson, you know, he, he struggles under pressure where, I mean, the LSU game, again, he's running to his right. He's got a defender on him, and he just yeets it into the – into the defense. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, Emory Jones, he he makes these plays more consistently. Granted, obviously a much larger sample size, more time to get into a rhythm, all that stuff, of course, that we've been talking about. Also with Emory, he looks to pass the ball more often, which is incredibly frustrating because, like, we talk about Anthony Richardson looking for the deep ball, which it's weird because if he's if he's looking for the deep ball – you would think that Emory Jones is just running the ball more consistently. But no, Anthony Richardson takes a clap, takes a snap, and he is clearly fully intent on running that football. That just that's it. He's just so clear. He's like, okay, I'm gonna take the snap and run the ball. I don't care what the defense is doing. And he's supposed to be making these reads to throw the ball. I'll bring it up again. Uh I believe it was the South Florida game where Anthony Richardson had an 18-yard run um on a passing play. And Dan Mullen was like, you know, yeah, it's, it's an 18-yard run. That's great. But at the same time, he missed his protection call. He missed his primary read. He missed his check down. And then he ran for a gain of 18. So was it really a good play? Like it, was, it was a net positive because it was an 18-yard gain. But was it actually a good play? Like, yes, obviously, like from the fan point of view, like we're not going to know if he's missing his protection calls, who his primary read is, who's checking out. I mean, we could probably check, check that. But we're not going to know who what these things are. And we're not going to be able to just be like, oh, like, like, see, he misses protection calls. We can see if he missed a blitz. We can see that, like, if a safety is clearly creeping up and he doesn't say anything, 
we could see that he's messing that up. That's fine. But that's not something that we'll know every single game or every single play. But at least we know Emory Jones is looking to throw the ball more often than Anthony Richardson has been. Emory Jones is also the more conservative option, which I realize is kind of just me like going on the opposite side of the fence of saying, you know, Anthony Richardson is looking to throw the ball deep. Like he, he's that guy where he's looking for the big play. Emory Jones isn't. And then saying, yeah, like Emory Jones's case is that he's a more conservative option, but really it's the tale of two quarterbacks. You have a quarterback who one in Anthony Richardson is looking to run the ball. He's looking to throw bombs the entire game. Like he, he just wants to yeet that thing into the, into space. And then on the other side, you have Emory Jones who, He's not looking to do that. He's looking to hopefully not turn the ball over, but make these quick passes, um, just just short games, short games, kill the clock, things like that. Uh, he, he's just looking for that. So, but like you could look at Emory Jones has a pretty significantly uh, lower percentage of turnover worthy plays uh, per PFF where Emory Jones has a turnover-worthy throw on 4.3% of his passes. Anthony Richardson has a turnover-worthy throw on 7.1% of his passes, which 3% doesn't sound like a ton, but like it adds up over time. Like, don't forget, Anthony Richardson's got a lower sample size, so maybe with more playing time, that percentage will shrink, you know? But maybe with more playing time, that percentage will grow. So it, it's not really a definitive thing. It's also worth pointing out that despite playing 162 more snaps, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson have the same exact number of big time throws, uh, which is four big time throws. And Anthony Richardson is obviously about 8%, I believe was the number, 8% uh Eight percent more of his passes are turnover worthy, are are big time throws, uh, so tight window throws and things like that. Compared to Emory Jones, who again both have four, but Emory Jones has played 162 more snaps. So yeah, he's clearly your more your more conservative option. It's a matter of do we want someone who's going to just try to put up points and kill and try to do it quickly, or do we want someone who's going to check down, you know, run his little QB scrambles, whatever, and try to get us out of there, but it's like, it, it hasn't been nearly as consistent enough or hasn't been working nearly as consistent enough as we'd hope so. So I, I mean, it's Anthony Richardson's time. We know this. We, the writing is on the wall. If it doesn't happen this week, I'm assuming it's because Dan Mullen doesn't want to throw AR to the wolves. Simple as that. Cause it's Anthony Richardson's team at this point it's happening. And I hadn't, I don't think I'd reported this, because it's something that was told to me a long time ago, and I was like, I don't want to start anything, but, you know, and maybe burying the lead, but, uh, you know, like, like I've been told before the season that the coaching staff is set on Emory Jones, but the players want Anthony Richardson. It looks like the players are going to get what they want. We'll see how that impacts the team and how that changes how this season is going, if it changes the trajectory of the season. Hopefully it does, but uh, yeah, no, we're we're about to get into how the horrible season is possibly impacting Gators' recruiting uh, strategy, which has been a hot topic lately. So can't wait for that. But first, I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, but baseball playoffs are here, basketball season's here, and I'm constantly watching games and I'm constantly snacking. And so I've decided to commit to eating Built Bar more often instead of eating my sugary snacks or my salt. 
salty snacks. It's just going to be Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth, that's me. Um, that's no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and most importantly, high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it. If you're keto, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now, taking a look at these Gators recruiting woes, which have been so frustrating because uh, I remember, and I believe it was April, we got the commitment from Shamar James. Uh, actually, I think it was May. We got the commitment from Shamar James, and I was like, "Wow! Like this, like he's gonna be a beast. I can't wait. This is gonna be so awesome." Uh, last week, we lost the commitment from Shamar James, so that's fun. Shamar James, of course, is a linebacker from Alabama. He was, you know, they, when he committed to to the Florida Gators, it was like, "Whoa! They got him! They got him!" We thought he was a shooting for Bama. Um, now he might be because he ain't gonna be a Gator or. At this point, it's not looking like he's going to be a Gator. I guess he could recommit if he'd like to. Uh, but we have guys like Shamar James leaving. That's not He's not going to be the first one. I'm going to let you know now. We've got Nick Evers, who is remaining committed to these Florida Gators, and he's still recruiting himself, it seems like, which is awesome. His family seems awesome on social media. They're great. Uh, I think the biggest thing with this is not, not our record. It's not the wins and losses. It's Todd Grantham's future is a recruiting lose-lose. Uh, because if, if Todd Grantham stays, which he shouldn't, but I'm not willing to fully commit that he won't be here next year because I don't trust Dan Mullen to put accountability on anybody. Um, but if Todd Grantham stays, I think recruits will decommit because it's clear that current players are not happy playing for him and that they don't like the adjustments he makes. Like, look at the Diabati interview last week. I mentioned it before. Diabati, they were like, oh, are you confident in the changes to the scheme? Or are you confident in his defensive scheme? He goes, I'm confident in my teammates to play hard. Like, bruh, you know, no one's going to want to come play for that guy. Like, Diabati is just like, he, he's clearly just broken by Todd Grantham's inept, uh, you know, everything <laughs> and like like we suck with him at defensive coordinator so i don't think recruits are going to want to come play for todd grantham but if todd grantham gets fired i feel like it causes a sense of uncertainty with the program itself um which i could be wrong but uh i i, I feel like that i feel like that's just i feel like it, it causes uncertainty amongst the program where you know, maybe we get a new defensive. Obviously, we, we would get a new defensive coordinator if he gets fired. But maybe we had a defensive coordinator that wants to change the scheme entirely. And it's like, well, then maybe our recruits are like, why would I want? Like, I don't want to play there. That's like, I, I was intending on playing in that scheme. Uh, so if we have a new defensive coordinator that changes the scheme, maybe we lose that. Maybe they don't want to play for that. I also think that something that is uh, kind of possibly being overlooked with that is. If Todd Grantham gets fired, resigns, whatever, if he's not the Gators DC next year, I think recruits could see Grantham getting fired as a bit of a Hail Mary for Dan Mullen to save his job, which, by the way, it would be. Because, again, I'm not confident Dan Mullen will get rid of him because Dan Mullen doesn't want to fire his friends. And Dan Mullen doesn't want to hold people accountable for their crappy jobs. Like, like So I'm, I'm not sure 
uh, if Dan Mullen would fire Todd Grantham unless his job depended on it. And they could be like, well, I don't want to come to a university where the head coach is on the hot seat. I don't want to commit to a coach who might not be here in a few weeks or a few months. Like he, So I think that's kind of being overlooked a little bit. It, it, it's rough because, you know, it, for years now, it's been the Gators need to recruit better. The Gators need to recruit better. And they've been doing a fine job at recruiting. But we're the Florida Gators. We don't do fine jobs and think that's okay. Like we need the best. You need to be exceptional for the Florida Gators. And Dan Mullen recruiting wise, whew, he has been uh, less than stellar, slightly better than underwhelming, I'll say. So we, we've got a long way to go. I know that Dan Mullen's not Kirby smart. I get it. Whatever. Um, and I mean, I think Kirby Smart's not a good coach necessarily, but I think he's a fantastic recruiter and Georgia's number one in the nation right now. So maybe we should focus a little bit more on recruiting there, Dan, which by the way, I've been happy with who we brought in, but I'm not happy with who we've missed out on. So, you know, we got to step it up there. I don't care who steps up, but the Gators need to step it up recruiting wise, especially with Todd Grantham, whether he leaves or stays, it's going to cause some kind of issue with some recruits somewhere. So they've got to step it up and get people to buy into this program. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. Join me tomorrow as I think we're going to start looking ahead to the Georgia game, which I can wait for because this is going to be miserable. But now make your second listen Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with with Lockdown SEC SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out my pinned tweet to let Lockdown know why Gator Nation has the best fan base in college football. And I will see you tomorrow.